back guys uh, so this is another episode i'm so excited so this is um a conversation that i've wanted to have for such a long time it's really good to have him here um omron and um, he'll introduce himself so welcome back um so first let's have the guest introduce himself and then we will get right into the conversation and yeah, no, i think it's super nice to be here i've known rahel for some time so uh seeing her journey is pretty pretty cool so excited to finally make it on the podcast and uh yeah my name is omron blau i work as head of market access for Coralie, um which is the company underneath uh, frisinos and we focus on digital health and being able to access new markets it's basically my job uh, so excited to share that uh, with you today and be on the podcast here we are let's have this conversation i mean i'll not go back and tell you guys about the fact that i like talking about healthcare i'm very passionate about healthcare and the main thing about healthcare for me that is really important is accessibility of affordable healthcare so that's why i have omron here today to talk about that and mainly um the conversation will be about introduction of digital healthcare solutions in the african market why is that important you know i really want to find out uh, find that out and maybe he can tell us a little bit more i think you've had his head of market access so he can tell us a little bit more but before we get into that let's talk to omro let's get to know who he is as a person because i mean we need to get to know him before he starts telling us all these things that he is hopefully passionate about. So, Omron, who is Omron? Tell us about Omron. So, I'm a guy here in Ghana with you <laughs> sitting down, really? seeing how things work in the in the Ghanaian market. Um, but yeah, I love sports, I love fitness, yeah. and uh it kind of started to draw me to digital health and how we can kind of address uh problems in the market. uh through this kind of means of of access. Yeah. Um but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my background's in biomedical engineering, so I actually did my bachelor's in in biology at Arizona State mm-hmm. uh and then into uh biomedical engineering um underneath the Nobel Prize laureate, so I got to do really cool stuff and work in a really wow. cool industry. Okay. Um so we designed sensors to see if we can uh basically collect information off the body this is like 2015 like right before apple watch you know fitbit and everything like this is really starting to scale um so on the biomedical engineering side I actually took a risk mm-hmm. in seeing maybe this might be the future of healthcare versus the traditional medical devices um and i think it's quite interesting to see where the market is now mm-hmm. um and how it's progressed it's interesting so let me just take you back you've talked about biomedical engineering so let me just give you a little bit of context so that you know how to answer this question so in the african setting in the african society yeah after someone completes high school so in my time and in my in the time that i completed high school my parents just wanted me to do three courses so either medicine law or engineering oh, so wow. is it the same thing in your culture like your parents are like okay i want my child to do this specific thing and why did you choose biomedical engineering Yeah so my my dad is from Libya North Africa uh so like his perspective his culture is definitely more old fashioned which is probably similar to a lot of african markets um so his pressure was like do engineering become a doctor or same thing go into law so some type of established profession yeah. but my mom on the other side is very different she's american she's open to new possibilities yeah um and she said yeah just oh. explore anything 
Okay. But my brother has a, a disability, and he's had it since I was very young. Yeah. And it's actually what drew me to oh, to nice. medicine and eventually digital health and uh, yeah. and uh, biomedical engineering. That's really cool. That's really interesting. I actually didn't know that about your brother and you wanting to get into medicine because of your brother. So that's really cool. So, um, I mean, um, head of market access, how did you get into that? Like, is it something that you thought about, like, accessing Africa or playing a role in terms of accessing Africa for digital healthcare solutions? Like, how did you get into that? So the reason why I decided to go into market access was, was pretty spontaneous. Um, it was yeah, a job title that was given to me as like essentially a dream job where I could bring our digital health products to new markets around the world and uh, my background being in biomedical engineering um, so coming from the product side also shipping products and building it for the market in, in Africa mm -hmm. and knowing the I guess the translation that it takes to make sure that the product meets the users needs um, so it's really fun to be able to address kind of the whole yeah the whole pathway yeah so is it just Africa or other markets as well um, so we started in Germany and then looked towards yeah, southern Europe um, and now my, my specific role is looking at Africa and yeah. growth there yeah so why Africa why did you okay I know you maybe you didn't ask for this did it come like was it just thrown on your plate like okay you're gonna do Africa and then you said yes or is it something that you had to choose um, yeah, so I think I definitely chose it, but my mm -hmm. passion has always been um, within Africa, and my work previously was 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 in East Africa. Yeah. Um, so it just came quite naturally, and yeah. the merge of our company is like trying to grow globally, and so me being from and working in Africa mm -hmm. uh, really helped out. Yeah. So you said your passion is in Africa. So what do you mean by that? Like just break it down. Yeah. So I think if you look at most emerged economies or economies like, you know, United States or Europe, the healthcare problems aren't as big. And if they are solved, it's, it's quite small. Right. Mm -hmm. You just need to change your behavior or certain things like this, at least in the digital health side of things. Mm -hmm. But within Africa, there's such a gap in access and quality mm -hmm. that technology and digital health can really bridge a gap and you can see that from this really exciting emergence in the market mm -hmm. um, so yeah I think that's why I really saw a quite an interesting opportunity to solve yeah. a big problem yeah it wasn't really influenced by the fact that uh, your dad is from this community or not I mean deep down <laughs> definitely yeah. like there's always that like you know passion in your mind for yeah for uh, learning more about your, your parents' culture. Yeah. Um, and also just connecting with great people and really enjoying working in this, uh, in these yeah. countries. So yeah. not just the problem, but also yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. So maybe you can just break it down a little bit. Like what are the gaps that you're seeing in the African market? I know you've talked about access and affordability, but maybe just break it down a little bit more. Um, for guys to actually understand why you're doing this as Omron and why you're passionate about it and why your organization feels like this is the best time to actually get into the African market. Yeah, I'll, I'll just speak for myself is that in terms of like what the problems are within the African market, I mean, obviously every market is very different, but the 
gap in quality is is pretty big mm -hmm. and also the gap in like access mm -hmm. so in most markets you have access to at least some sort of pharmaceuticals but even as we learned today in Ghana at 20 to 30 percent are fake right mm -hmm. so I think that goes down to like also quality yeah um, and I guess the interest from from my side in, in these problems is like I guess increasing the access is most simple with mm -hmm. technology mm -hmm. right because we can distribute uh, at scale yeah. to members or patients or lives mm -hmm. um, so kind of connecting the dots essentially how Impesa started or you know even Amazon and other companies have started um, and grown but connecting the two uh, seems like it's such an easy point of access yeah um, yeah okay yeah, so I mean, you've been in the Kenyan market and we are here in Ghana. So, what are the things that you're seeing currently in the market that are sort of like barriers to entry? Because, I mean, we've had several discussions, but I want to get from your perspective what are the barriers to entry, especially for your organization and similar organizations? Yeah, I mean, for the markets, every market's quite different, but I think overall across. Uh, yeah, the big, the big tech cities, I would say, or the big tech zones, so like Kenya, Ghana, Egypt, Nigeria. Um, the biggest barrier is probably like obviously um, just adoption and people like starting to learn about digital technologies. Maybe yeah. they use mobile wallets, maybe they're familiar with like WhatsApp, but really getting introduced to um, yeah, digital health apps yeah. is not a behavior that is currently there. So mm -hmm. behavior change takes time. That's probably the biggest barrier, as we've seen. Yeah. And then also, uh, yeah, I would say regulation because there's like a gray zone, right? Yeah. Um, so these rules that have been established in Europe aren't so clear here yet. Yeah. And so it's just a learning over time uh, that happens directly with regulators and mm -hmm. the bodies that represent yeah. uh, each, yeah. each okay. one. Okay. Cool. So that's interesting, but um, obviously it's not foreign to so many of uh, healthcare practitioners and even any other business. It's not easy, especially on the second uh, point that you talked about regulation. But then on the first point of change management, I mean, what can you guys do about it? Because this is something that is there. It's not going away anytime soon. We have a different generation that is coming up that's always on their mobile phone. So I don't know if that particular challenge will be addressed I'm not really sure but what are you guys planning to do in terms of change management because that's a thing in itself yeah yeah I think like behavior change overall takes time like in any industry like in PESA how it started and how much time it took for adoption mm. um, just happens when need arises so within digital health you're gonna become more aware of like technologies around you where you need a doctor and instead of traveling to Accra from a remote region mm. you're just gonna know if there's distribution accessing like a USSD code or a mobile app you can get access to that doctor yeah. so it's always gonna start with a need mm -hmm. and then the access of the technology and over time people will start to adopt and try things out yeah um, but it's always gonna be word of mouth yeah behavior change takes time and yeah. people need trust in every market and especially i think african markets yeah 
Okay, so I'm glad you're giving me the sound bites for this, like things that I can latch on and maybe ask you questions. You've talked about trust. Yeah. How how do you leverage trust um, so that people can actually, you know, react in the way that you want to react for to these solutions, to these digital healthcare solutions that you guys want to introduce into the market or similar organizations, how they can do it to get into the market? Yeah, so... If we're looking at healthcare, we mm-hmm. uh, like in any healthcare company, whether you know at the digital health side, it's going to be quality. So every nobody's going to use the solution where they know that they have a bad service, and especially in healthcare. Yeah. So no matter what quality, it has to be at a certain standard. Yeah. Um, and that's I think that's the number one. I mean, we don't even need to really talk about anything else. But if quality is really high, in terms of accessing like doctors and uh, like pharmaceutical scripts, etc. Mm. We want to make sure that those scripts are like being able to produce, you know, high quality medicines that aren't fake. Yeah. And so if if we can give access to that and make sure that you can like stabilize quality and give, you know, really high level of quality, then yeah. Okay. So let me challenge you on that one. So I hear you talking about quality, but then. You see, and I'll give you uh, like the basis in terms of the African context. So as an African, and let me talk about myself, as an African, when you tell me about quality, I want to see it. I want to hear about people who've experienced it. Yeah. Because, I mean, um, I'll not talk about uh, the experiences that we've had so far, but then, you know, there are all these people who have this assurance of quality, but then when you get to experience it, it's a little bit different. So how would you... Um, encourage people to still you know access these solutions even if you're talking about the quality part and they haven't experienced it yet like what's your basis for saying it's quality assured yeah so i think the basis is more so with like somebody who's already early adopted Mm -hmm. and so every digital health company is gonna you know be able to reach a certain population and maybe chronic disease patients are often really in need of remote solutions Mm -hmm. because they're always going to the doctor right yeah so in terms of like being able to get to word of mouth you're gonna have to have early adopters in any industry Mm -hmm. especially in digital health right Mm -hmm. and so their their experiences are the most important so every digital health company in africa i think is trying to address that concern because hypertension etc are really on the rise Mm -hmm. and so the companies that do that really well and they're able to really like provide high quality healthcare, mm-hmm. um, they're the ones that people are going to tell about, right? Yeah. And it's a network effect. And yeah. those are what drive platform growth. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what that's going to be key. Okay. So telemedicine. We've talked about telemedicine. Um, so tell us more about telemedicine. What's telemedicine, you know, in terms of adoption into the African market? Um, what, what should we know about telemedicine? Yeah, I think uh, it's quite interesting because you can get access to a doctor or any type of specialist, which as we know, especially on the specialist side, there's not as easy access in remote regions. For example, if you have cancer or et cetera, mm-hmm. like getting access to the specialist is very difficult. So telemedicine basically bridges the gap by uh, you know video conferencing, a call, a number, mm-hmm. or maybe, for example, uh, messaging directly with somebody that is a physician or a specialist. Mm-hmm. So telemedicine kind of covers these three areas of access. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's the main point of uh, touch yeah. point. Yeah. 
So what what is in it for the member? What is in it for, let's just say, the healthcare stakeholders? And you can talk about whichever stakeholder you're comfortable sharing. But what is in it for them? Because, I mean, telemedicine came in, and I think it was very rampant. And it was, uh, I mean, people were talking about it when COVID hit, when COVID-19 hit. And um, with time, it's gone down, and people have gone back to going back to hospitals because they were scared of going to hospital during that period. So, um, I mean, what is in it for uh, healthcare stakeholders? What is in it for an individual to use this particular solution um, for their own needs, for their own medical needs? Yeah, I think we'll, as people have tried it out, I think we'll start to see slower, uh, like still adoption yeah. over time because people have gotten introduced, they know what it is, um, and at least have an idea of what it is and can try it out again if they need, need care. But for stakeholders to start to like push it out, I mean, it's really important that obviously you have really good outcomes, right? That's what the providers care about. Um, you have really good access, and then you're solving the problem of quality. Mm-hmm. So I still think those three areas are, are most important for the different stakeholders in the market. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the member, the person who's actually going to use this, in every stakeholder, we need to see that people are actually using it and adopting it. Mm-hmm. So it has to solve their need, their problem. Um, and on the continent, there's very different problems in every market. Mm-hmm. So for example, here in Ghana, right, it looks, it's very pharmacy focused, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody goes to the pharmacy and they're not so used to yet calling a doctor or going to the clinic. Um, as much as going to the pharmacy is the first point of care. Uh, so there's different ways to navigate this and we're seeing some companies put diagnostics in there to add value and also increase quality to yeah. be able to give better outcomes yeah. right inside the pharmacy. Yeah. So there's a cost element bit of it. So cost savings for the individual as well as other s- stakeholders. Yeah. So that's, I think, one of the main value additions and that's what I think people should consider when they're thinking about such yeah, a totally. solution. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's really interesting to know. So any other thing that you would like to tell us about um, coming into the African market? Maybe you can talk about your experience. What has your experience been like? Like just generally as Omron, what has your experience been like? Do you uh, feel challenged? Do you feel... Like, it's so easy. Do you feel, like, chilled out and relaxed? Or, I mean, just share. Yeah, no, I think uh, there are definitely a lot of challenges. Like, a lot of challenges to to overcome mm-hmm. in setting up a business and training to see if we can actually solve a problem. Um, so, in general, I think it's... I think that makes things even more interesting, actually. And um, in terms of, like, digital healthcare and telemedicine and stuff like this... Um, just Africa is so different. Some people just look at it as like this big kind mm-hmm. of area on a map, right? From from yeah. Europe or from wherever. Yeah. But every market is so different. Yeah. The culture is different. The behavior is different. Exactly. The language is different. Yeah. The food is different. Yes. Um, so everything is different and every market has its unique challenges. Yeah. And so as we look at like African growth, you start to see like companies pick their hotspots, right? Yeah. So I mean, you we all know them. Yeah. Um, and I think that shows like how challenging like total growth is across the market yeah. uh, or all markets uh, but also that there's a lot of issues to solve in every exactly every country exactly so when you say that for me what comes to mind is flexibility yeah, like all totally. these organizations need to just be a little bit flexible it's not going to be easy because as you said it's not one country because I've seen 
even in other uh, other countries i'll not mention which ones people think africa is just one country yeah. which is crazy <laughs> which is something that i don't understand honestly but yeah so every market has its own challenges so if an organization is going to a specific market they have to talk to the stakeholders have conversations like what we are having right now like this is just a conversation not just going in and thinking their solution because it's the best in europe that you can actually work so flexibility and adaptation so i think those are the things that uh healthcare organization especially global healthcare organizations need to know when they want to access or they they are coming to the african markets and they want to set up so this is really important and um i think even for um african organizations organizations that are already in the market and are playing a role in the market i think they still need to have consistent conversations with the stakeholders with the different stakeholders because things keep changing we yeah. live in such a dynamic world and you know today might be different from tomorrow so we just need to change and adapt and that's why i like you know organizations that are quite adaptable uh to such things and it really makes this conversation easy it makes this agenda very easy to push so i'm glad that you're sharing all this with us so any other thing that you would like us to know about accessibility of healthcare affordability of healthcare any other thing that you would like us to know i mean what is your experience so far with uh, telemedicine um so i'll be very honest <laughs> i don't know if it's good to be this honest but I haven't really experienced telemedicine actively. I have yeah. tested some solutions and most solutions that I've come across are really good and they're really trying to address uh, the challenge of, you know, um this remote what do I call it? Like it's is it remote uh, consultation and obviously the cost uh, uh is is a bit lower for the individual especially if you don't have access to an insurance cover. So you're able to actually purchase such um a product and you can use it anytime that uh, you want to consult with a doctor either a doctor or a specialist and it's such a, such a low cost and that's not saying that you don't need insurance i mean insurance is important in one way or the other but it's up to you it's a choice it's it's a personal choice so my experience with that is i think um global organizations the ones that have these solutions are doing um the proper thing but then we have so many telemedicine provider so what mm. makes this provider stand out from that provider because you can never have too many because i mean we all know there's a challenge in the african markets that we don't have enough uh, resources for individuals to actually get um healthcare their healthcare needs met so i will never say that there are too many telemedicine providers what i will say is for all these telemedicine providers what makes you stand out because you cannot be the same as this other person so maybe maybe it's the pricing maybe it's the value additions um and and that's the thing those are the things that uh, all these organizations need to be thinking about when they are coming into the market when they are introducing all these solutions what makes you stand out yeah what makes you feel like if i bring this solution into the market people will react in the way that you want them to react so create that uh, usp and definitely people will you know purchase it or react positively to it so that's my experience what do you think the usp is i mean the like usp the strongest, the, the strongest the obviously is remote consultation so not leaving my house so convenience um we we are our generation is very aspirational we want to have things here like we don't want to leave yeah. the house um, and yeah. we just want things 
at our convenience. So I think the remote consultation bit is obviously the main USB. So that is obviously the main one. Uh, but then you can add others. So let's say home visits. Um, in case I don't want to come for, um, let's say, diagnostics, if you can come to my house and collect the samples, that even makes it better for me. Mm. Yeah. But so it increase costs. It increase costs for you, for for the for the, for the provider. Whoever's paying. For yeah, but then I mean, you're creating value for me, so it has to be balanced at the mm. end of the day. It has to be balanced, and obviously, your books have to balance as well, your cash flows and everything. So you have to figure it out as an organization. What can I offer to make this particular uh, service or this particular solution? Uh, be widely accepted mm. yeah so it cannot be one thing cannot be two things it can be a myriad of things so um what else am i thinking about uh, maybe the pharmaceutical part of it are you offering drugs at an affordable cost compared to other pharmaceuticals like it can be so many things um and maybe you guys can tell us more uh, about what you think um telemedicine these telemedicine providers should actually add for it to be more valuable for you as an individual and also for the healthcare stakeholders insurance providers healthcare providers what else can be added to make this particular proposition be very attractive for not just the Kenyan market but the whole African market because that's the essence of this conversation is to increase accessibility across Africa because what I've realized is actually all African markets have the same challenge. The access or um, let's say the percentage of people covered in terms of healthcare is very low. So the insurance providers normally um, compete for such a small part of uh, the population. And then for the public insurance, it covers quite a large number, but then it doesn't really offer all the services that individuals require. So let's hear from you guys. I really love to hear from you guys. What else do you think should be added to this telemedicine proposition to make it quite attractive in your market, whichever market you're in? Yeah. But I have a question for you. Yes, please go so, ahead. So, public insurance. Yeah. Like, do you see that the, like, most African markets are talking about universal health care coverage yeah. and moving that way? Do you think this kind of, like, one payer is the, the right solution for the market now and also in the future? I mean, they're the it's a government and they came up with this particular organization for uh, them to actually uphold this particular agenda because it's in the constitution for most of most of the countries so mm -hmm. it's in the constitution that you have to um, have healthcare for all so universal healthcare universal healthcare coverage yes so it's there so there has to be a body that governs that so that that you can never change that what i think can actually accelerate um, let's say a proper uh, healthcare and I'm, I'm saying proper very loosely so what can accelerate that is public-private um, partnerships yeah? yeah so if you have such uh, kind of partnerships that will actually leverage on the synergies of both because for the public um, or the, the public body they have trust from the citizens and on the private side maybe they have the technological solutions maybe they have the resources and the capacity to do uh, the things that maybe on the public side it's not possible so if you leverage on your strengths on the strengths of the public and the private then I think the agenda can be accelerated much faster and and maybe one thing I should mention is why I think this is not working right now is because of just uh, some interests that are obviously not aligned 
uh, to uh, you know this even this topic that we're talking about accessibility of affordable healthcare. So there are other interests that come into play, which is quite unfortunate, but that's just the way it is. So what can we do to go beyond that and do what we need to do to make sure that a lot more people get access to healthcare? Mm. Yeah. And do you think that's like the best way through public health yeah, insurance? Yeah, I don't think there's any other way, honestly. Yeah. Public, private. For total coverage. Partnerships. Yes, insurance. But then, um, I mean, even for, for, the, for the insurance side, um, just beyond the 2 3%, there's all these other markets on the micro side um, where they can play a role. So mm. coming up with solutions and coming up with products that are affordable, that I mean, a normal person or you know anyone can actually afford. Yeah. So the insurance uh, providers also have that mandate to come up with these products, or to again, um, you know, reach out to partners that have done this or have technological solutions that can help them co-create solutions that will actually, you know, push the agenda for acceleration of healthcare. Yeah. 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 So the synergies between public health insurance to grow and the digital health solutions for access seem like so strong yeah so there's no one uh, one size fits all you just have to try out all these things and the the good thing i like about um some of the conversations we've been having even as uh, we are here in the ghana market is um piloting like proving the concept so try out something if it works then hopefully you get a good partner and then you push it out and it becomes quite big Mm. so I think these honestly there's a solution for everything we just have to look uh, deep inside and to have um, uncomfortable conversations we need to challenge ourselves we need to look at things more from uh, the interest of the individuals and other stakeholders to make it you know so that it goes beyond ourselves it goes beyond the organization it's it's, it's about the whole place not just about the organization or the individual or whatever you would call it yeah 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 uh, this has been such an interesting conversation and let me tell you guys like these conversations can never end um i'll always meet all these individuals who will tell me all these different things about healthcare and what they think about healthcare the guys who have been in this industry for such a long time you guys even have more insight than myself or omron so i mean this is something that i really want to do just have conversations with different individuals with organizations and see what can we do because as i said um in one of the uh, episodes i'd really want us to go beyond the conversations because these conversations have been hard for such a long time so can we go beyond the conversations can we implement can you implement Omar? can you go beyond this absolutely <laughs> i'd love to see that i'm gonna hold you to that trust you me i'm gonna hold you to that yeah so i want to thank omron thank you for being my guest today you have been so gracious thank you for honoring me thank you for being on stories and conversations i hope you will join us again another time to tell us about the launch and if you got into the market after that because i'm pretty busy until then (laughs) i think you know yeah you're always busy yeah so i can't wait for you for you to come back and tell us your experience because i really love to to hear and see whether you guys will actually have accomplished what you want to accomplish in this market yeah yeah so thank you for being here do you have any other thing to say no, thank you for having me it's been a super fun conversation and uh if anybody has questions I'm always happy to answer them and yeah. uh, 
in the comments or wherever this is getting <laughs> posted. Um, but yeah, no, I yeah. think this is really but exciting. But actually, time. you can actually tell us maybe where someone can reach out to you. Like, do you have like a contact? What would you like to share in terms of your contact and how people can reach you? Yeah, I mean, LinkedIn is the easiest. So LinkedIn yeah. slash Omran and you'll find me. So that'd be the best place and happy to message anybody who reaches out. And uh, I think there's lots of exciting companies in the digital health space and lots of stakeholders, but uh, always open for a conversation. Awesome. This is really cool. This has been so cool. Signing out, guys. Mm-hmm.